Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Welcome to the broadcast today. We're just excited to be here and uh, got a few folks in the studio today. And I uh, hope you bring your Bibles and turn to 2 Timothy chapter 1. We'll start in verse 10, verse 11. And uh, praise the Lord for the opportunity to be in His Word. I'm telling you, I remember... Uh, so many times in the past when I just, the Lord just impresses on me, when I just all by myself with the Word of God before me, how precious His Word is, how precious that time is. And I'm just excited and uh, thankful that we can be learning the truth of God's Word. You know, it's one thing to read the Bible all your life and to know where scriptures are concerning different uh, situations. But it's an entirely different thing to be looking through the blood of Jesus, faith in the cross of Christ alone, so the Holy Spirit can apply the truths of God's Word that we need personally today. I've learned that I don't get to pick and choose what truth I set out before me so the Lord will lead me in those truths. He knows where I am. He knows what I need. And it's His will for my life. I'm in His kingdom. He's my King. And He puts before me the truth that I must simply learn and follow Him in. And that's Christianity, my friends. And uh, we're just so blessed and honored to be here today. As I said, we'll be in 2 Timothy chapter 1. Uh, this is session 5 on the 21st day of August, 2020. If you live anywhere near Atlanta, Queen City, Texarkana, wherever you are uh, on Friday mornings, I'd love to see this studio filled with hungry hearts to learn the truth of God's Word. And that means the Word of God in the, in the context of the one who is the truth and what He did to become truth to us each and every day of our lives. And that His name is Jesus. Amen. So, uh, in your Bibles, in 2 Timothy chapter 1, uh, session 5 again, we're going to start in verse 11. 
where the Bible here says, Whereunto I am appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles. Uh, Paul here, again, a reminder, he's writing to Timothy from a, a prison dungeon, knowing that he's about to be executed. He writes this last letter that we know of that he ever wrote. And so uh, we're just encouraged by the encouragement he sent to Timothy that we receive our own selves. And it's pretty obvious that in these letters he sent to Timothy, Timothy was in a struggle for his life, a struggle for his faith. He, he needed to be encouraged. He needed the instruction of the Lord, the direction of the Lord. And under the unction of the Holy Spirit, the Lord gave this message these letters to Paul to send to Timothy. And again, we need this encouragement today for our own lives because unless you re- I don't know if you realize it or not, but you're in a fight for your life and the fight is the good fight of faith. It's no other fight. No other fight except the good fight of faith. And uh, we need to remember that. And Paul said that he was a preacher and an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles. But he says something uh, real significant when he says, Whereunto I am appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher. Whereunto he is appointed. we got to look back and see, well, just what is it he's been appointed these three things unto? He, th- these are what he's called to be, but but it's unto something he's been appointed these three things to carry something out. So we look back and we see in verse ten. Uh, let's just back up to verse nine to get to get the better picture. Uh, talking about God who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to His own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began, but is now manifest by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And he's talking about what has appeared. His purpose and His grace has appeared in the manifestation of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who's abolished death, took the power of death away from the devil, Hebrews 2.14, and has brought life and immortality to light, that which God had always planned, immortality. Think about that. That's where we're headed. We're, we're mortal now, but we're headed because of the gospel, the light of the gospel shining in our hearts. We're going to experience immortality one day. But look at the last three words, through the gospel. Everything Paul is called to be and to do is about the gospel. Let me get this right this morning. Our ministry should not just exclusively be because of the gospel, but they must be about the gospel. Every message, oh, let me say it again, every message must be tied to that foundation of righteousness, which is Jesus, the righteous Lord. Lord of all, and what He did at Calvary so that we can be righteous before God and be servants of righteousness and be found serving God. And we see that teaching in Romans 6. So Paul and all Christians are appointed... Our, all of our mission, no matter what specifically we may be called to do, for surely all are not apostles, but I would 
assume, and I'd go as far to say that all are preachers. Daddies, mamas, husbands, wives, boys, girls. Because preaching, uh, we, we, we mistake sometimes preaching with uh, pastoring. But if you think about that, preaching is simply declaring something. You, you can declare something at a break, in a break room on your job without getting up on the table and saying, Thus saith the Lord. You Just over your bologna sandwich and your co-workers, when, when things are talked about, you can preach. That doesn't mean what we always has thought it means. Well, let me just get my thoughts in there. Let me do some preaching. And you know, you just simply sharing the truth of God's Word, which will always be in the light of the Gospel. That, that's preaching. Preaching simply means declaring. Uh, we, sometimes we mistake that, as I said, for pastors. Pastors are going to get up and declare the Word of God. It's a, it's a pastoral gift. And, and I, I really personally don't really think you can be a preacher unless you're a teacher because the people have to be taught. That's what the pastor does. He, he teaches the people, feeds the people. And so we need to think about these things. Uh, we're all preachers to some extent because we're all called to share, proclaim the gospel. Now, we, we're, we're not all apostles. And, uh, but we should be, and we see this, I believe it's in Hebrews 5 when, uh, Paul writes to uh, the, the people there, and, and Hebrews 5 tells us, he, he tells them, you ought to be teachers by now. So he's talking about people who are still acting like baby Christians. They're still stuck in their just a, a initial salvation. They've not gone on into the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit through simple faith in the cross. And Paul says, by now, you ought to all be teachers. So if we're obedient to the Word of God, which would mean we've become students of the Word of God, then only then as we're studying God's Word will we be able to share God's Word. That means teaching. I don't have to have really a teaching gift, but I can teach what I'm learning. Some men have the teaching gift. They can stand before the people of God and scriptures begin to come in from every direction, even beyond what they, them own selves, could have ever imagined because it's the gift of the Lord. But we're all called to proclaim and we're all called to teach at least to the degree that which we're learning. But Paul is a preacher and an apostle and a teacher. But he says that it, 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 it's Whereunto the, 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 this message, this gospel, is what his gifts have to function based on and about. Always. If we move away from the gospel, our gifts are being abused and misused. And we'll be judged for that at the judgment seat of Christ. But Paul and all Christians, appoint, our appointed mission is to carry the light of God through the gospel of Christ. If Jesus Christ told his church that you are the light, well, the light is the light of who Christ is that we know through the gospel. So we must carry, as we carry the gospel, our light shines because it is the light of God through the gospel.
We got to remember that. It's, we're not carrying the light just simply because we're operating in good moral standards to the community. We're carrying the light if we're carrying the gospel because only through the gospel of Christ does the light shine. And somebody said, Amen, Hallelujah. Thank you for telling me that. Glory to God. Just because you're a nice person don't mean the light of God shining through you. Amen. A lot of nice people die and go to hell. Amen. Paul was appointed by God as a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher to the Gentiles. Verse 12 says, For the which cause I also suffer these things. What things? Well, he's in prison when he's writing this. Now think about this. The reason Paul is in prison is because his refusal to stop preaching Christ in a day when, uh, man, well, you'd be thrown in prison for it. And eventually, soon coming from the time he wrote this, some soon time later, they killed him. Think about it. He's in prison because he won't stop preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. He's in prison because he's simply a Christian. I believe it's, we shared this previously that the reason this time Paul was in prison before released, the reason he's in prison this time is because when Rome burned and Nero was accused of it, he blamed all the Christians, and that's when the huge persecution started, and that's eventually what got Paul thrown in prison. But Paul doesn't quit because of hard times. He endures even in hard times, and he's even writing letters while he's in prison. Now, from what I gather and what I've seen, that uh, most of us, if we got thrown in prison, we'd just crawl under the bed and say, well, uh, man, I, I don't know if that was God or not. I might as well just keep my mouth shut. If I, if I keep on talking that in prison, I, they may never let me out. You know what? If I, if, I re, if I renounce Christ, maybe they won't kill me and I can go home and see my family again. Or, you know, but Paul wrote to the Philippian church in Philippians 1.29, I believe it is, that we've been given, we've covered this in this very first session, uh, uh, this teaching, this first chapter, that we've been given to believe upon Christ and we've been given to suffer on behalf of Christ. So suffering's not a bad thing unless you're suffering because of your flesh, you don't know how to act and you don't have the wisdom of God. Now that's horrible. Religion will always suffer without God's approval. But when we suffer for Christ's sake, that means according to the word, when, listen carefully, when the fruit is righteousness. If the fruit's not righteousness, we're not suffering on behalf of Christ. We're not suffering on behalf of Christ if we're not suffering because of our fruit being that of righteousness. You can go out here and do a lot of things in the name of the Lord. That don't mean it's the will of the Lord. And that don't mean you're bearing the fruit of righteousness. And we got big problems with that in the church today. Think that what the Bible says, uh, do everything you do as unto the Lord. Yeah, but it don't say that everything you do is going to be the will of the Lord. You can't just go out and do what you want to and say, well, I'm doing it in the name of the Lord. (laughs) Amen, Brother Curtis. He says in verse 12, 2 Timothy chapter 1, For the which cause, the cause of the gospel. Let me say it again. The cause 
of the gospel. God's righteous cause. Isn't there a scripture in Psalms that says something about uh, uh, let those shout for joy that regard my righteous cause or something like that? David wrote that. Let them shout for joy that regard, regard my righteous cause or something like that. It's, it's, let me tell you something. The focus of the Bible is God having a people of righteousness, righteous people. And it took Christ and faith in Christ and His work at Calvary to make us that righteous people and to allow us to serve righteousness as that people. And we're not serving God if we're not serving righteousness. Romans 6 bears that out. For the which cause, the cause of the gospel, I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed. Glory to God. I'm in prison, Paul said. I'm suffering. I'm still not ashamed of the gospel. The gospel, listen, the reason I'm in jail is because of the gospel. I'm still not ashamed of it. For I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. What did Paul commit unto the Lord that he says the Lord is able to, able to keep? He committed his heart to God. He committed to God to carrying out this ministry that God had given him. I'm not quitting prison, it may be. I'm not quitting death, it may be. I'm not quitting stoning, whipping, it may be. I'm not quitting. I'm committing... This, this ministry to God because He has found me faithful. God has found us faithful to carry this gospel. In spite of hardness, we're good soldiers. And if we just keep looking unto the captain of our salvation, we can go through the hardness and no matter what brings. And let me tell you something, there's much criticism, there's much persecution coming in the days ahead. And it will not be most of it from the world. It will be from within the walls of the church. That's where it will come from. And we're going to see some things today, if y'all let me get that far. But he says, I'm not ashamed because I know whom I have believed. Do you know who you believe? I hope it's beyond a preacher. I hope it's beyond some group of uh, people, denominational rules and, and history. And I hope that our legacy is more than a denomination that began blah, blah, blah. I hope, I hope my legacy is more than a daddy and a grandpa and a great-grandpa, which I didn't have, that preached the gospel. I hope my legacy and my trail is that of the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ, the message of Christ in Him crucified, the power and the wisdom of God. I hope that's why what I leave behind because I'll never be remembered and even the most notorious men, their name might say, yeah, yeah, I heard of him, but nobody's remembered. And even the ones that are, listen, it don't matter unless they left light for you to walk in, which is the truth of the gospel. Hallelujah. He says, I'm a... He is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. And then he says in verse 13, and we'll go back and talk about 12, but he says, hold fast the form of sound words which I've heard, which you have heard from me in faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. We'll talk about that more, but first of all, suffering is a part of believing and becoming the true gospel. Philippians 1.27, let us be found with one mind, one spirit, striving together for the faith of the gospel. 
That's what we're striving for together. If that's not what we're striving for, we're in the wrong church or I've got a, 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 a rebellious heart or whatever. That's what we're striving for. Christians, let me, it doesn't surprise me when people hear the Word and still choose not to believe it. doesn't surprise me one bit. I'm used to it. Or they'll take it and they'll turn it to fit their own fleshly lusts and desires. But you and I, according to the Word of God, are called to live a life that is becoming the gospel, the good news of Jesus. Because when we do, we're bearing the light. What do you think the Bible means in Proverbs 4.18 when God declares to us that the path of the just will shine more? Well, the light of God only shines through Christ and what He did at Calvary. That means the closer we get to His coming, those that are on this path, those that are still on this path, those that are becoming the gospel, they're not all wrapped up and allowing other things to be preeminent in their lives. They, their focus is the gospel, not just uh, using the gospel to point out everything that's wrong everywhere else, but using the gospel, allowing the Holy Spirit to use the good news of Jesus Christ to transform ourselves so that the light of Christ can shine more through us because it is the path of the just. The path, His name is Jesus. And we only follow Him if we're denying ourselves, taking up our cross every single day to be able to follow Him. Suffering is a part of believing and becoming the true gospel. Mark my words, when you, when you allow the Holy Spirit to rid your life of everything that's been a distraction and a hindrance to your soul focus on the gospel. When you wake up in the morning, you're praising God. When you go to bed at night, you're praising God. During the day at times when you can, or that specific time, you're digging in the Word, praising God, valuing His Word above all things. Hallelujah. And you're allowing Him to teach you and to grow you. You're being consumed now with what God wants instead of all the things that have hindered and distracted us, then you're going to find what you've been looking for all your life. But you're also going to experience suffering because the closer you are to the Lord, the more uh, flawed, first of all, we're going to see we are, the more perfect we're going to see He is and right He is, but you're also going to have much criticism coming from those who refuse to be as focused on the gospel as you have chosen to be. There will be all sorts of words. Well, they're, they're elitist. They think they're better. All, all these things and much more will come your way to try to penetrate that faith that the Lord has given you. They will try to, uh, uh, the, these words will try to break through and, and, and cause you to give way a little bit, to not be so dedicated, not be so determined to know anything else as Paul was. Let me tell you something. He was an example. Maybe not for everybody to be an apostle, a, a, a preacher in his capacity, or a teacher in his capacity. But he was an example of determination. It doesn't matter what we go through. I'm not ashamed of the one that called me. I'm not going to renounce him. I'm not going to deny him. I'm going to keep pointing the whole world. Jesus, let me tell you something. When Jesus came, never forget this. Jesus came to save Israel first. They wouldn't have it. He refused to get in the flesh to make it happen. 
Mm, that's powerful. He refused to get in the flesh to make that happen. He humbled himself, broken, lowly, and contrite, carried that cross, was nailed upon that cross, and through that cross, he will save Israel. Hallelujah. Woo! Through that cross, he saved us. It wasn't through his flesh. Well, bless God, I came to save Israel because it's God's will. And so, uh, uh, don't look like the cross is going to work. Don't look like that's going to be enough. So I'm going to, nah, broken, obedient, humble, and lowly. It's what defeated the devil. It's what won and will save all of Israel one day. It's what has brought us near to God and placed us in Christ. Hallelujah. It's that humble, broken, lowly, and contrite of spirit that Jesus exhibited all the way unto death. Never forget that. We don't have to get in the flesh. We don't have to get in the flesh to have the will of God. The will of God is found in the humble, broken, obedient, and contrite of spirit. That's it. We've got to understand that. We've got to, we've got to move in that direction. Because what God does, He do, does through grace. And what He does through grace, He does it through a humble, broken, obedient, and contrite of spirit people. He won't work when we rise up. And get a lot of numbers with us. He works through the cross. Jesus came to save all of humanity. They wouldn't have it. He did not get in the flesh to make it happen. Mm. He laid that flesh of His down. That's, a, that's powerful. That's powerful. So suffering is a part of believing and becoming a life that is becoming the true gospel. You're going to be an outcast. You're, and, and the more determined and closer and, 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 and more intimate and, 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 and uh, what's the word? Uh, it ain't there. That's where it is. Closer you get to the Lord. Consecrated. There it is. Oh, Northeast Texas boy takes a minute. Consecrated to the Lord you become. Let me tell you something. When others, and, you, and we don't blast them. We don't kick them. Well, you ain't coming, so get out of here. God don't do that. We don't do that. But this is what happens when you're maturing and others refuse to. Some of you listening to me this morning got that issue in your own house. We all probably have at times. We're on this move. God's moving us and others aren't willing to go. Some slowly come. Some come later, some never come. Some say, go on, I ain't going with you. But nevertheless, the closer you get, and that's what everybody else needs. They don't need us to quit and say, okay, maybe I am moving a little too fast. I got, I got to... No! They need to do just what Jesus did. That same mind that was in Him, I ain't quitting, I'm going all the way to the cross. Hallelujah! That same mind that was in Christ has to be in us. What they need. See, the flesh thinks, well, I better slow down a little bit. No, no! That's a distraction. You slow down, you're going to quit, my friend. If you slow down, 
around because others won't go where you go, walk where you walk with Christ, you're going to end up quitting because you're showing they're controlling you. You just keep running this race. You, hopefully they'll pick up a jog also one day, but if they don't, that hasn't got anything to do with you. You just keep running this race. That's what Paul did because that's the legacy of truth and faithfulness that you will leave behind. And that's what matters. It ain't the name on a tombstone. Those things are rotted. Walk through some graveyard, man. Ain't nobody out there hardly. Ain't nobody out there. All they left worth anybody ever having that will last eternally is if they left a trail of truth, a trail of light to Christ. That's it. Man, I'm preaching good this morning. Paul says he's not ashamed of what he's been given by the Lord to be able to carry out. Paul says that he's persuaded, fully convinced that the Lord is able to keep that which he has committed unto him against that day of judgment coming. See, that's one thing about maturity right there. A Christian who is maturing, he's got one eye on the path of God, the call of God for his life, the faithfulness of the Lord, but he's got that other eye on a judgment coming soon. That's, that's maturity right there. When you live with the realization that you're going to stand before Jesus Christ at the judgment seat of Christ and give an answer for all that you have done, good or bad, in this body, that realization, I'm not talking about forgetting that and just going your own way. That is something we carry with us, the reality of being judged by our Lord and Savior one day. And as a pastor, a teacher, a preacher, apostle, prophet, evangelist, whatever we are, teachers, the Bible says, or Romans 13 verse 1, are going to be judged more so because of what we taught the people. But Paul says, I've committed unto him, and he's able to keep it. He's able to keep it. Carrying out his stewardship had brought Paul much suffering, including his present imprisonment. In the eyes of the world, this is very important. In the eyes of the world, Paul was a common criminal. Believing in Jesus, nothing but a fairy tale, some would say. Last week, or the week before, here a few days ago, somebody just blurted in on the Facebook post I made about uh, 120 years ago from right now. Though there be 8 billion people or thereabout on the planet today, just a short 120 years ago, not a one of us was here. And just a short 120 years from now, not a one of us will be here then. It's a rapid turnover. Well, that caused no small stir. <coughs> because the atheist will come out of the woodwork when you start talking about that kind of stuff. And we were told by this one individual that we're just believing in a fairy tale. That God's not real and that we're idiots and that we're, I'm telling you, it's what he told me. We're throwing our lives away, wasted our whole life because we're believing in a God he says doesn't exist. Well, you know what? He's wrong. But even if he was right. What, what is there to be lost? Nothing. But if we're right, he will be in torment all eternity. 
There's always going to be criticism. There's always going to be persecution. There's always going to be suffering. And the closer you get to Christ, the more suffering there will be. That is the very thing that causes Christians to move away and to begin to back up and slow down in the race they're running because their family, their co-workers, their community, whatever, whoever, are beginning to look at them different, treat them different, uh, 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 not invite them to things like that. Anybody know what I'm... I'm trying to talk about up in here. You, you, you become an outcast the closer you get to the Lord. You need to be careful too because that's what God's called you to. To be separate. To be come out from among them. Amen. What did God commit? What did Paul commit to God until the judgment? The ministry which he'd given him. What God has given you, are you committing that to Him? Holding fast to that what He's called you to do, to be? If you don't know what that is specifically, well, just keep going like you're going. God will open the door. Maybe maybe just for you to be faithful to a local church and to be a, a good family member at the local church and to be a co-worker who shines the light to carry the God. We're all, we're all looking for things that we've got pictured in our mind that we, that we want God to do. But here again, I'm God's. God's will is God's will. His path is His path. His kingdom. All I need to do is make sure I'm not in conflict with Him just to avoid conflict with people. I'd rather be in conflict with people and peace with my God than be in conflict with my God over trying to be peaceful among men. Glory to God! And you, We're moving into the days of great horrible darkness. And the only ones who are going to make it through properly are those who are drawing closer to the Lord. That doesn't mean you're in church more. You will be, but you'll be in the right church. You'll be listening to those who are expounding on the Scriptures in the person and the work of Jesus Christ. Because without that, it doesn't matter what else God's given you, it's not going to work properly. Let me say that again. If your faith is not in Christ and what He did at Calvary, no matter what else God gives you, it's not going to work properly. It's going to be being abused and misused. God performed miracles for Israel in the wilderness, but then they died there too. Think about that. I'll share something with you. The Lord just spoke to my heart yesterday that uh, concerning that. Hopefully we won't... What time is it? We won't get too lost. <laughs> but the Lord spoke to my heart yesterday morning. And the word in samples is in the New Testament. It tells us that... What was written aforetime, talking about the Old Testament, talking about Israel and the way God dealt with them and when he, when they obeyed, when they disobeyed, how He dealt with them, how He blessed them and how He brought other nations again. All that was written as an ensample. When you look the word up, it means a stamp and a pattern. And all these years, up until yesterday, I've looked at them as, as just that. Just I can look back at them and I can see what God did in this situation, in that situation. I, I can see that as an example to me. But God told me yesterday morning that that is the pattern of what the church will go through. 
There's nothing you go through as a Christian that did not happen to Israel in the Old Testament. Whether it's you believing false prophets or are you rising up in rebellion against the authorities that be God has put in your life. It doesn't matter what you're going through. You can look back at the pattern and see that it happened there. What, that's why the Old Covenant is so important. We don't throw it out. We look at it. We, we study the Scriptures. Jesus said the, the Scriptures are about Him. Hallelujah. And, and we got to see that in the Old Covenant. But we've also got to know, and the New Covenant lists some things there in one of the first or second Corinthians about th- certain things that happened to them and tells us those things were written for our ensamples. That means those things were written to let us know that Everything that went on under the Old Covenant is happening in the church today too. Every bit of it. They are a type and a shadow of, in a certain way of even the church. So when you study whatever issues you see in the church today, they were there in Israel. And you better go back and see how God dealt with them. Because we read some things of Paul in the New Covenant that tell us There's still some negative activity that takes place from heaven toward us when we're not walking in the faith. Such as our prayers being hindered, such as there being weak, sick, and people in the church dying prematurely. All sort of negative things. And I just wanted to add that, maybe help somebody. Paul says here concerning his being appointed a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher, he also writes this to some degree to the church in Colossae. We see it in Colossians 1, 28 and 29. He says, Whom we preach, warning every man, teaching every man in all wisdom. When Paul says in all wisdom, he means through the cross. Because there is no wisdom of God that does not come through the preaching of the cross. The New Testament, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, in that first chapter, verses 18 through 25, tell us that the proclamation of the foolishness of the preaching of the gospel is the measure of God's rule of wisdom. You need to get that. You, you and I have no wisdom from God unless it comes through our faith in the sacrifice of Christ. You might have some worldly smarts that you can take a motor apart and put it back together, and they say, oh, you're so wise. Well, okay, we'll give them that, but that's worldly, whatever. That's just knowledge. Wisdom is something that is experienced by the church because of an acceptance and obedience to God's knowledge and understanding. don't need to forget that. God gives wisdom, Proverbs 2 and 6, out of His mouth comes knowledge and understanding. That means according to the Word. And wisdom is the accepted and experienced knowledge and understanding of the Lord, which is the knowledge of Christ. So Paul says, whom we preach, preach, and we warn. That's what we don't like. All this warning... Now, we don't mind it if our preacher gets up and does a little until he does it too much. Amen. We preach, we warn every man, and we teach every man in all wisdom. Why do we do this? That we may present every man 
perfect in Christ, complete in Christ. That's the goal of any minister. The fivefold gifting, I don't care which one it is, is a, is a call of God to equip the church to bring us more into the maturity, the unity of the faith of Jesus Christ so we will stop being tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. Ephesians 4, I'm just quoting Bible to you. That's the mission of every fivefold gift. Amen, Brother Curtis. He says, whereunto I also labor, striving according to His working, which works in me mightily. Now, we're in Colossians 1 and 29 right now. So if I'm going to preach, and I'm going to warn every man, I'm going to teach every man in all wisdom, that means how the cross is related to my life. Because only through the cross of Christ does the wisdom take place in my life. So that I can walk in a place where I'm being mature and I'm experiencing that which I already am in Christ. I'm complete in Him. The, I'm, but I'm that in, in Him at the right hand of the Father. And I need to learn how to walk in that place of completed completion that I am now. Amen. Whereunto I also labor, striving. That means pushing, reaching, moving, digging, plowing, uh, 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 fighting the good fight of faith. I also labor, striving according to His working. His working at Calvary. The place grace comes from, which works in me mightily. See, it's only by grace God works in us mightily. And grace only flows into the humble. And the humble are not those who put on some show, outward show of, uh, of humility. Humility can only be found by God at the cross because He only gives grace to the humble and He only gives grace to those who come to Calvary. Humility is not an outward show. Humility is a broken heart and a trust in God's way, which is Christ and what He did at Calvary. He also says in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 9, speaking of suffering, "...wherein I suffer trouble as an evildoer." Now, know this, Paul was just considered a common criminal. Just like Elijah, when God was using Elijah to stop the heavens up and much more to put away the prophets of Baal. I mean, Ahab and Jezebel accused him of being the one that troubled Israel. It's, I'm going to tell you, that's a pattern. That's something to look back at and see everybody saying these cross-eyed preachers who are preaching and warning and teaching, they're a problem, they're causing division. They are troublemakers. But when Elijah and Ahab had their face-to-face meeting and Ahab accused Elijah of being the one who's troubling Israel, the people of God, Elijah said, no, you're the trouble. You're the trouble. You know the story, right? You need to go back and read it again. You'll see. Because everything in the Old Covenant... Is what's happening in the church. 
And we've been deceived to think that just because we've been given the Spirit of God and God chooses never to move out, never to leave us, never forsake, we, we think just because we've been given so many more promises, we, I guess we thought one of those promises is that God is just going to work anyway and do anyway without our faith. That's wrong. To whom much is given, much is required. And listen, if we're not walking in that place of obligating those requirements which is to carry this gospel, big big trouble, big trouble. To whom, let's talk about that. To whom much is given, much is required. But the typical Christian and us for years thought, well, God ain't requiring nothing of me. Oh, <laughs> God ain't requiring nothing of me. Then what's that verse mean? To whom much was given to you by God. Much is required of you, of God. Because we're not our own. He, he, he purchased us, bought us with the precious blood of His Son. We've been translated from a kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. We're His. He's our Heavenly Father. We're His prized possession. And we've become obligated to carry out the requirements on our lives because more than ever has been given to the church of today. A better covenant with better promises. The Spirit of God that doesn't come and go, and but He dwells within us so that we can be led into all truth and that our light of Christ can shine more and more and we can be more faithful, which is really a, a, an expression of God being faithful to me. Do you know that, Christian? The more you're faithful among the people, the greater expression, God's faithfulness through you. Do people that know you know that God is faithful? Can they see God's faithfulness through your life? There's no condemnation here today. Teachings such as this are not condemning. They're, maybe they do find us in a place where we go, uh-oh, but that's good. That's good to be caught there. I've been caught there, and I'll continue to be caught there because it's the Word of God that God sends to deliver me, to show me the right way. And we need to think about these things. Paul said, Wherein I suffer trouble as an evildoer, even unto bonds. But the Word of God is not bound. <laughs> Woo! You may put us in prison, but you can't put God's Word in prison. That's why the Lord has called us and those who are walking with this determination that Paul had by the Spirit of God are taking every advantage of every avenue to present the light of this glorious gospel in the person and the work of Jesus Christ at the cross that they can. Social media, in the pulpit, on the job, in the classroom, those who are drawing near, 
That light is shining more. It's not a make-believe and pretend thing. Well, my light shining. I know nobody sees it, but my light shining. No, honey, there ain't no light shining if they don't nobody see it. Light is seen. It's just like folks saying, well, I'm bearing fruit, but don't nobody know it but me and God. I've never had to cut a fruit tree, just cut it down and, and make a hole in it to look for an apple. It's out there on the limb to be seen. We're the branch. Hallelujah. Jesus is the vine. There ought to be fruit hanging off us. We're the branch. We carry the fruit. Hallelujah. He produces it in us. We bear it through lives of faithfulness to Jesus through faith in the cross. Well, I'm getting excited this morning. You can't blame me for what we've got. Let me read this again because Paul in the next chapter tells Timothy, chapter 2, verse 9, wherein I suffer trouble as an evildoer, even unto bonds. But the Word of God can't be bound. See, Paul, what's Paul's boast still in? I may be in prison, but God's Word can't be imprisoned. That's good. They may come in here and cut our heads off today, but I'm telling you what, all that we've preached, all that God's done through us, it's still going to be functioning because what He's done through us, He's done by His Spirit through His Word, not some of our fleshly intentions. Hallelujah. God, What God does, He does by His Spirit through His Word in and through a people that have faith in that living Word. His name is Jesus and what He did at Calvary. Mmm. I just need a band up here this morning. <laughs> Second Timothy chapter 1, let's move on. Y'all are held me up there long enough. Hold fast the form of sound words. I could probably let Chastity come up here and teach on this a little bit. Just tape a microphone to her forehead and let it hang down. Because <laughs> she talks about this all the time. And I love it. Paul tells Timothy here in... Chapter 1, 2 Timothy, verse 13. Hold fast. Hold fast. Man, don't let it go. The form of sound words which you've heard of me. Anybody that says we need to move on beyond what Paul taught, they're no longer holding the, 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 the form of sound words. And I've heard that. Preachers say, Paul didn't have what we have today because we're so much further into this thing. You better hear me. You better hear God. Paul was given as an apostle to the whole church, mainly to the Gentiles, which probably you are. I know I am. And he's telling Timothy, because Timothy's struggling. Why was Timothy struggling? Timothy, Timothy wasn't wanting to go back out. Into, Timothy had known this truth. Paul reminded, you've known this since you were a boy. You've known the Word of God that brings salvation. Your mama's had this faith. Your grandmama's had this faith. You had this faith. Timothy wasn't trying to get back out in the world. Timothy was under the, 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 the attack of the enemy trying to pull him back into faith and something other than the cross of Christ alone. you gotta, you got to be circumcised or you're not even saved. Acts 15 verse 1. you got to come back and start celebrating days and weeks and months. You know, the Jewish people are God's people and those days are still there to be worshipped. Not according to the New Testament. Colossians chapter 2 says, 
Don't be distracted by them liars. Don't be distracted by those people. Jesus did away with all of that through His blood at Calvary. Glory to God, I'm glad. Somebody starts talking about, I ain't going to make it because I ain't worshiping on Saturday. Well, I am going to make it because I do worship on Saturday. But they're so, I worship every day. But they're so legalistic and religious and without the knowledge of God's righteousness that they think if church meetings don't happen on Saturday, then people are lost. Well, glory be to God. I'm glad I'm not in that group of unbelievers. And there's a whole list we could name. If I don't wear long sleeves, if I wear if I if I wear makeup, if I do this, if I do me doing, me not doing, come up, what's that got to do with grace? Jesus did it all. Mm. Hold fast, Paul says, the form of of sound words. See, sound words have a form. Sound words have a form. Sound words is sound doctrine. Sound words is, is the only thing that can produce a sound mind. And you and I were given that sound mind the moment we believed in Christ. We didn't have to work our way up to a sound mind. We received not the spirit of fear when we trusted in Christ. We received the spirit of love, of power, and of a sound mind. God gave you a sound mind, but it came by the form of sound words. Hallelujah. Paul also, in the next chapter, we'll get to it, maybe before the rapture comes, tells Timothy in chapter 4, verse 3, For the time will come, Timothy, when they... We're talking about Christians here. Saints of God, not lost people. They never started with sound doctrine. But listen, the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. That's all the psychology you see in the pulpit today. And make no mistake about it, if it's not God's Word in the light of Christ and what He did at Calvary, the church is sick of that. The church don't want to hear about that. They want to hear what makes them feel good. They want to hear what will make them spin in circles and feel good. And they're a dime a dozen. Turn the TV on. If they're not using God's Word to point to His Son, Jesus Christ, the living Word of God, as the Lamb of God, and what He did at Calvary, the Word can't be used by the Holy Spirit in your life. A lot of people won't agree with that, but God only works in truth, and His name is Jesus. All His works are done in truth. Psalms 33.4 Got a booklet if you'd like to have one, $15. Just donate at thecrosswaychurch.com. We'll mail you one. Make sure you tell us what you want and put your address in there. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. I, I tell you, I'm not just talking about people this morning. I'm talking about myself. I was there. But in all reality, I never really was a student of the Word until 1994 being saved in 1972. 
There's a lot of that on the planet today. So I didn't really, all those years, even know what sound doctrine was. I knew what saved me, and I would have never turned away from it. I'd I'd, I'd have probably died for that, even though I wasn't living for God, because I didn't know how. And I can't stand here before you today and say that if I would have heard this and known how, that I'd have just jumped on board, because when I was trying to live for God and serve God, and I heard this the first time, I didn't jump on board. (laughs) I turned it off. But I speak from experience. I preached things that were not sound doctrine. Again, what makes doctrine sound? And gives it the form, the only form. What did did Paul here say? He says, hold fast the form of sound words. That which forms you, conforms you into the image of Christ. That is only the Word of the Lord in the context of what Christ did at Calvary. For that is where we stepped into God's conforming process. And only as we walk in Christ, Colossians 2.6, as we received Him, can that process keep taking place. When I walk away or begin to study the Word outside of the context of Calvary, I've deceived my own self. The devil's involved in it. Maybe others are involved in it, but I'm doing it to myself. Because when I don't acknowledge the truth, Paul tells Timothy in also the second chapter, at the very end of that chapter, that when I'm opposing the truth, I'm opposing God. And He will give me repentance if I acknowledge the truth again. Not because I say I'm sorry. The acknowledgement of truth. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 24 through 26, because I know some people are going, Now wait a minute, brother. I've been told all my life, all i got to do is say I'm sorry. And you've done that all your life, and you're still doing that, and nothing's working. You're not coming out of that. You have to acknowledge the truth, which the only place that anybody gets to experience repentance in times of refreshing is faith in the only place one can repent? Jesus Christ and His cross. Hallelujah. Can y'all believe we're about out of time? Hmm. Time flies when you're having fun. Hold fast the form of sound words, which you've heard of me in faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. Notice this now. The form of sound words, faith and love, it's only found in Christ Jesus. Only found in Christ Jesus. It's not found anywhere else. And in Christ Jesus speaks of His death. In His death. You believed upon Christ. That means you believed in what He did through death for you. And when you trusted in Him and what He did at the cross for you, you were immersed by the work, the operation of God, by the Spirit, into Christ, into His death. <clears throat> Romans 6, 3. And that's good news. I know you've heard an earful today. And I would encourage you to tune in every single Friday morning at 9 a.m. to walk through this Word of God with us in a time that's very troubled when... 
The form of sound words has been left long ago. And there's even some who've stepped into this great sanctifying work of grace known through faith alone in the cross who now are starting to juggle it instead of holding it. Don't be found, don't move away from that determination to preach the cross. Don't walk away from the narrowness of God's path. Cling to that nail-scarred hand. See every chapter and every verse through the blood. For there you'll find the righteousness of God's Word coming alive in your heart. For every word He's ever spoken is in righteousness. Proverbs 8 and 8. God bless you. We love you. Again, you can find everything we do here at Crossway Church on the YouTube channel. Curtis Hutchinson, 316. And don't forget to pray for us. You can sow into this ministry, which is good ground, and God will respond to your giving when you sow into good ground. You can do that at thecrosswaychurch.com. That's the website. Or you can text your giving to 903-231-5950. Just write the word give in the space, and it will lead you through the prompts. You only have to do that one time. God bless you. We love you. Until next time. Stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. I'll see you then.